0: This is CBS. From today's Wish TV Channel 8, this is your only 24-hour news service. I'm Ken Owen. It's 2.58. The Pacers and the Knicks tip it off in five hours in Game 6 of the NBA
1: Eastern Conference Finals. And Pacer pride is very evident downtown this afternoon.
0: Boomer, the Boomer, Pacer, the, Pacer was Boomer, the Pacer mascot, was on, hand, was on hand for this rally at the Hyatt Regency. If the Pacers win tonight's game, they move on to the NBA Championship Series. It will be fair
1: and cool tonight. A low of 52. 74 degrees right now at News 8, your 24-hour news service. Oh! Rewatch a
0: movie. Oh,
2: hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Quick, quick.
0: Spoppery banana. He's don't aggregate this. Lillard, oh, long range three.
2: A, their defense is atrocious. Atrocious. of the rock star.
1: Right on the cowboy. People. Tiso? Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly I mean. intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love you no know, playing there. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just it's just hits me right, right now. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? All right. We are back um ben craw this is uh, on the line ben this is the only true crime investigative look at the uh, history of the nba ben the knicks are trailing the indiana pacers three games to two how are you my friend
3: um i'm feeling feeling uh, totally good and normal as ah. always um thanks to this content that we are consuming my head is in a really really good place um And uh, yeah, I'm ready to just uh, sit back and enjoy another wonderful game of basketball, my favorite sport, my favorite team. Um, This is just going to be pure entertainment.
1: Yes. So Ben, you know, last we talked uh, was game five, Mm -hmm. the nightmare, the meltdown, the complete collapse. The nightmare becomes reality. The disintegration, the malfunction, the failure, the crash. At Madison Square Garden, at the hands of Reggie Miller. Yes, um, Ben. You know, while some players may may wilt under the bright lights of the big city, Reggie Miller shined. Did he ever? And of course, this series was tied two to two, and Reggie Miller unleashed holy hell on our New York Knicks, scoring 39 points. And but it was mostly late in the game, Ben, in the fourth quarter, where Reggie did most of his damage. When he got really cooking, hitting five. Three pointers, scoring 25 points, and the Pacers beat the Knicks 93 to 86, taking a commanding three to two series advantage. So today, Ben, we are heading back to Market Square Arena in hopes that the uh, that the Indiana Pacers will um, finish the deed, that they'll take us out of our misery. Ben, of course, this is the year is 1994. Um, we, you know, we are what innocent uh, 10, 11, 12 year old children, and we have as we discussed last podcast, a lot to look forward to this summer. We, you know, there's summer camp, there's hanging out with our friends, picking up new hobbies, playing with our GI Joes. So, um, Ben, I'm curious as we head back to Indianapolis today for, for the game, where, where is your head? How are you doing today? This podcast has sort of, uh, you know, slowly documented your slow, hour slow disintegration into madness, I would say. So I'm, I'm curious yeah. what you're doing today.
3: Yeah, uh, um, it's curious. I've definitely, I, I, as I mentioned to you offline, I experienced this game, um, in an almost, uh, like, um, like an inverse, like, bizarro reality, uh, like, kind of manner, uh, compared to games three and four. Yeah. Um, I think I went into game three as, like, a normal, like, basketball fan, um, Coming into this game, I'm like something different. Um, obviously, the race cars have changed my chemical composition.
1: Yes, you are uh, my biological a different person from who you were even a week my,
3: ago. Yeah, my biological composition has been uh, dramatically altered, um, and I'm going into this game with a uh, a completely different kind of attitude and mindset. I am embracing death. I am embracing <laughs> darkness. I am. I don't know if the word is like masochism because it's not even. Masochism means like that you you know enjoy pain. Right. But for me, this isn't even pain. This is this is pleasure. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's what masochism means. Maybe maybe it's when pain in fact becomes pleasure. Um. But to me, I am just. Um. I'm delighted. I'm tickled. Uh. Tickled pink. Uh. To be back. Uh. As as the um, Market Square Arena PA announcer. Uh, Says to kick off our broadcast here.
0: The Indiana Pacers welcome you to Market Square Arena in the heart of basketball
3: country. In the heart of basketball country. Oh, my goodness. In the heart of basketball country. That's 15 seconds into our broadcast, and right off the bat, I am like, yes, give it to me, please. Give it to me Uh, right in my face, uh, right to the dome. I love it. I want more of it. (sighs) Um I I just uh yeah I I can't contain my my giddiness, my glee my excitement here. Well Ben yeah um, it is I it I is, want all of it.
1: It is a Friday night. So this is Friday. Oh yeah baby Friday, Friday
3: night. Friday, Friday June night party 3rd. in Market Square.
1: Yeah, Friday June 3rd, 1994, we're at Market Square Arena, Ben. This means we've gone to school, we had a long week, we were looking forward to this. All we were looking forward to this night all week and mm-hmm. we are here man. Um, so we are on NBC at, at Market Square Arena. The commentary is Marv, Albert, and Mac Gukas. It's game six of the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals, the Knicks and the Pacers. Ben, the first thing I note about this game is just you know here in the in the uh, pre-game introductions the crowd seems especially raucous, especially oh, for boy. that Indiana that Indiana lineup, man.
3: Oh, I am loving loving Ooh. these shots of the crowd. Everyone is jazzed. They are just they are they are just amped to the high heavens here. Um, yeah, about uh, 28 seconds in, we have a, a, a just a delightful shot of a. Of a uh, pacer fan with a I don't know if this was a an official um, you know arena merchandise or just a homemade prop, but we've got a couple of like uh, like puppet hands uh, oh, yes. hanging hanging from his neck, um, special choke hands prop. Um, I mean, wow, way what to are, turn so turn around. Those appear
1: to be kitchen gloves, like the the rubber like dishwashing gloves. That and then it looks like he stuffed them. Maybe.
3: Yeah, they've definitely been stuffed with something. Um, like I don't know if it's. Almost yeah exactly. they could be kitchen gloves um they could be part of um yeah there's like there's definitely like sleeves attached yep. to them, so there was a lot of thought, a lot of work that was that, that went into this this yes. prop very clever. um really outstanding stuff uh, th- a few seconds later we have a shot I don't know if you caught this one uh Chris, but uh two uh two gentlemen oh, yeah. in uh in Indiana Pacers t-shirts big white t-shirts and cowboy hats and i i did a double take here for a second i thought to myself hang on hang on are those oh, no. the are those are our, no. our favorite fellas no, from that is not from cowboy, the cowboy way. way that is chris. not a cowboy way chris is Do that Kiefer?
1: Ben, I am not in the mood today for a cowboy way.
3: I was just like, "Oh man, I think it's the guys from the Cowboy Way," and I just went straight to YouTube so I could rewatch that trailer. Um, Look, I, my, uh, my yeah.
1: patience is razor thin here, Ben. If the, if that's Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland, I am I am in no mood for a cowboy way, fellas. It
3: looks like uh, the cowboys from the Big Apple came back <laughs> home to Indiana to uh, to watch their their favorite basketball team. Dude, can you um, see what
1: what can you? Get a clear look on what those T-shirts say. They are Indiana Pacers T-shirts.
3: Yeah, there's definitely a Pacers logo, and there is um, a B,
1: and I do see a B A, and I guess I'm wondering if that's a bark 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 situation. But I think it's oh my goodness! I it think does, it I'm looks seeing
3: like baby. Boo. I'm seeing like a boo like a boom boop, boop, like some b o o on the top line yeah. and then a b a what could be an r on the bottom line. I, I think the bottom um, is
1: baby. I, I see b a like the guy on the left has b a. Oh, B-A, yep,
3: yep, yep, you're right. Cuz the they're one matching. On the yeah, right I think they're, B-Y. Yeah. They're they're matching t-shirts. Um, yeah. Boop, like boom oh, man, baby I don't know. Or boom boot bounce baby. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
3: We'll have to maybe we'll have to investigate that, but yep. yeah, looks looking looking great um, in the cowboy hats. Of course, uh, the appropriate attire for any basketball game. So it's nice to 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 be seen in the yeah. uh, in the crowd in a cowboy hat. Of course, um, we've got the announcer uh, referring to pacer people, um, really getting the crowd going. <laughs> Pacer people, one of my personal favorite uh, terms. Um, the fact that that is a uh, two words that were spoken, pacer people, mm. um, really really tickles me. Um, and then, of course, Chris, I have yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Do we do we get a Reggie Miller pregame dance routine? Um,
1: we get a dance routine here, Ben, from Reggie and Haywood Workman. That is, I mean, it is polished. It is it is enthusiastic. Uh, these guys have been rehearsing this dance and they are fired up for the lineup today. Uh, so yes, indeed. How, how would you describe this dance? We have uh, some slapping, some bumping of opposite elbows. They, they kick each other's feet and then they mm. do this clap beneath the leg. They do sort of a karate kick, some twisting and then the ripping oh, of yeah. the jacket. Yeah.
3: It's the usual dance that they've been doing before every game, Chris, but I feel like this one has a little extra sauce yes. on it. You know, yep. After, yep. after that game five, they've got just a little bit more swag, a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more... Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something, something extra in there, and uh, I'm loving it. I just can't get enough.
1: Let's hop into it. So uh, we have a mod on the broadcast making mention, Ben, of a certain Spike Lee. Now
0: let's go to Ahmad. All right, thanks, Marv. I made my customary visit to both locker rooms in the MIT locker room. It wasn't tight. It wasn't a tight locker room, but everybody very serious and very businesslike. I think they all realize that all the work they put in has come down to just this one game. On the other side, in the Pacers locker room, what a transformation. The first two games of the series, they were very tentative, very tight. That has all changed. This locker room is very loose. These guys really realizing that they have a chance to take a step, take the next step to the NBA championship. Now, in terms of injuries for the Pacers, Rick Smith has a bruised thigh. He'll wear a pad. On it. And for the Knicks, I talked to the trainer Mike Sanders. He said everybody's fine except for one person that he was worried about. The guy was a little bit tight before the game. He felt like once the game started, he'd get over that and he would be available. That person was Spike Lee.
3: Yeah, right off the bat, three and a half minutes into the game, we already have a stupid fucking Spike Lee joke comment by oh boy. Ahmad Handmaiden of Scouth Rashad. <laughs> Um, yeah, something about how he's like, like the uh, the only guy the Knicks trainers are worried about, a little tight before the game is Spike Lee. Um, yeah, just uh, just hilarious, great great stuff, yep. very clever from Ahmad. Um, love that little bit of color. Um, yeah, another thing that I found notable is that uh, Marv remarks that um, the Houston Rockets are awaiting the winner. So the Western Conference uh, Finals have already wrapped up. The Rockets advance past the, uh, I think the Utah Jazz was the team they beat in that series. So they're already hanging out, getting you know many, many days of rest. Um, yeah. And Marv notes that Game 1 of the NBA Finals will start on Wednesday. Um, now, this is a Friday game, so I'm thinking to myself, Wow, that's a quick turnaround, especially yep. if there is, in fact, a game seven. Right, uh, you know, we're we're talking about a real tight window. Do you know uh, would
1: game would game one be in Houston or in New York? Do you know?
3: Game one would be in Houston, in fact. Wow.
2: Yes.
1: So yes. if if we are to win today, that yeah. would mean we would fly back to New York, and Correct. if we win, if we were to win game seven. We would basically game seven. I, I assume would be on Sunday, right? That would yeah, be, and yeah, we would Sunday probably we would probably fly down to Houston on what Tuesday. So basically, yeah, you or would, Tuesday. You, you would have like Monday to like recover, pack your bag, and then on Tuesday you're hopping on a plane again. Yeah. Wild, wild. Yep. All right, well, right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We got a lot. In front of us here. Um, That's right, Ben. So uh, let's let's get through this first half, the first three quarters of this game as quickly as possible. I just want broad strokes from from the both of us. Any sort of major event that happens in the first quarter or two, call it out. Uh, But we're just trying to create, like, a general sense of what's happening in the game. And then in the fourth quarter, we'll talk more specifically about stuff that popped up. So why why don't you start us off?
3: Yeah. To me, the the, the biggest moment, about five minutes in here, um, we get our first sound, Chris, of the race cars. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we've talked about the race cars quite a bit. I don't know if I quite realized how much I I had missed uh, the sound of the race cars during uh, during that game five in New York. Yes, so um,
1: Ben, that is mass masochism. That that would hmm. be textbook is it masochism. Ma- masochism. Thank you. Yeah, that is masochism. Um, a desire to inflict pain on oneself, like a, a a love of of pain.
3: All right. Well, that that may be. Um, all I know is I have written here in my notes five minutes in race cars. Oh, sweet mother of God, how I have missed thee, but now I am born again from the race car womb in which I was a mere race car fetus, suspended in the race car amniotic fluid, and then pushed by Mother Scalf through the race car birth canal. I am now a beautiful, bright, pink baby race car boy, taking my first breaths of race car air before nuzzling against the warm body of Mother Scalf to suckle from her nourishing race car teat um yeah yeah man. the race car sound effect i really i really did miss it
1: um you're not well i mean um <laughs> this is this is dark stuff man um <laughs> the race car has really sort of permeated your well-being it's you are now you are now fully realized as a baby race car uh yeah not good not good
3: one thing I wanted to note about the race cars, Chris. I don't know if I've mentioned this uh, before, but um, the thing I really love about it is that it's not. It doesn't just when the race car sound drop is is you know queued up. Yeah. On the Market Square Arena PA system, it doesn't just immediately go to race cars. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like that kind of like low hum, like before oh, yeah. the race cars begin. It's almost like this little like like um, like a pre echo almost like a yeah. like this weird little like pre. Um, uh, like a little uh, precursor, and it's it to me, I, I find it almost more delicious than the race cars themselves.
0: Ahmad Rashad back at Market Square Arena here in Indianapolis. Now, while in most arenas, all teams have a song, like in New York, they have the Go New York, Go New York, Go. Well, here it's the sounds of the Indianapolis 500 that gets this crowd fired up. Watch this, see, wait, you push it in, and then you push this.
3: It's it's like it's it's like the sound of anticipation, you know? It like it kind of um it it conditions you and kind of like like gives you that little sense of like ooh they're coming, they're coming. It's like the oral equivalent of uh of like standing outside, you know, your living room on Christmas morning, uh, you know, like gazing upon all the wrapped gifts that you're about to open. Like to me that's that's Actually, more exciting, like like a better feeling than the actual opening of the gifts. Does does that make sense? Makes total
1: sense, Ben. I I, I'll give you a little uh, hint here, some insight here into my process editing and producing the 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 episode. So Mm -hmm. what what I realized about that sound is when they record it, when when people record that sound at the Indy five hundred, that low hum. Is actually the car when it's still, you know, like hundreds of yards away from mm. you. It's that car mm-hmm. whizzing around the track. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. th- there's that low rumble when the car is just in the horizon, and then of course right. there, there's that zzzz as it crosses right by you. Um, yeah, but yeah, oof, that low rumble, man. That really, really yeah. no
3: better sound on earth, if you ask me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, well, the Knicks get off to a good start here.
0: The Knicks now lead six to two. Starks breaking down and beat the Pacers down court. John Starks giving the Knicks an eight-two
1: lead. John Starks sprints up the court after some Dell Davis free throw attempts. He sinks a layup. The Knicks are up eight to two. There's about nine minutes and 19 seconds left, and then Derek Harper quickly follows.
0: And the steal by Harper. He stripped Workman. So the Knicks again off to the fast start. They're
1: up ten to two. Harper steals the ball from Hayward Workman. And there's an open layup in transition. Suddenly the Knicks are up ten to two with nine minutes left. Overall, the Knicks are looking good here early in the first quarter.
3: Yeah, yeah. The offense is clicking. The defense is is uh, is playing well. You know they've definitely uh uh answered the bell here after uh what could have been you know an absolute death blow in game five. And um yeah, it's looking like okay, wow, they might have a little a little tiny bit of fight left in them. I don't, um, I don't know
1: if you noticed this like in the first half of the first quarter, but I wrote in my notes, like, everything is just happening so fast. There's, like, lots mm. of really
3: sloppy play, both by the Knicks Yeah, and it was the real back-and-forth basketball, yeah.
1: Yeah, just, like, p- people making dumb mistakes, like, throwing bad passes, making stupid fouls, um, just, like, a lot of, like, fluky, weird energy sort of stuff
3: um, mm-hmm, in, in the mm-hmm. beginning of the game here. yeah. It did sort of feel like everyone was just trying to get through this as quickly as possible, which, you know, I can sympathize with, certainly.
1: John Starks comes out um, pretty hot here. So he hits his second three-pointer with about five minutes left in the
2: first. John Starks for
0: three, yes! That's a notorious streak shooter, hitting on a second three-pointer. The Knicks 25, and the Pacers 14. So
3: that's two three-pointers from Starks at this point. Right, Marv notes Starks, a notorious streak shooter. Yeah, I have in my notes, my God, this offense is dizzying. Mm. Really, uh, again, just very uncharacteristic for the Knicks to be actually making shots.
1: Yeah, Uh, Reggie gets to the foul line. Yeah, and uh, for the first time, we see the face of Spike Lee.
3: Yes, we get our first shot of Spike in the stands. What's interesting, in then,
1: he's sitting courtside, um, which I have to believe would be a pretty coveted spot, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he just had his hookups so that he was able to uh, make sure those tickets were uh, were reserved for him. You know, both at home and on the road. Whew, yeah, I don't know. How did you feel like seeing? spike like pretty much at any point yeah no me neither not right i thought the whole
1: thing was really bad
3: yeah yeah i just have uh we got our first shot of spike in the stands i would say uh, that just like
1: that is true of like the whole series and yeah and and and, and, and i hate to admit this man but the more and more i think about it the more i feel that way about like his entire fandom which is like just stop like like go away like it's cool that you're a fan but like at this point, you're more of a distraction, and like only embarrassing things happen when you're on the camera. <laughs> like when you're on camera, it's only because we're being embarrassed.
3: Yeah, I mean, we can uh, we can get into this. This is a larger conversation. Maybe we can save for a little bit later. But I I am absolutely on the exact same page as you. Yeah. Where yeah. it's it it basically like this was. I mean, you know, prior to this point, he wasn't a f- you know he was like a celebrity Knicks fan, but he wasn't like the most famous yeah. Knicks fan. Um, and like, kind of like, this was like a turning point where he kind of went from like, cool to like, not actually cool yeah Um, and
1: I think he also went from like oh I think Spike Lee's a Knicks fan right to being like an icon in the way that like you know Jack Nicholson's an icon for the Lakers where it's like you literally associate that person with with the team and almost sometimes like sort of overshadowing the team in like a weird bad way where it's like yeah like Marv said making it
3: way too much about himself yeah
1: Marv said that thing during game five where he's like Spike doesn't realize like he's not a part of the game like the refs can't like <laughs> call a tech on a player like chirping at him um, yeah yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. For three.
0: Yes. a straightaway shot from downtown by John Starks his third 3 quarter of the quarter, and the Knicks now lead
1: 30-26. Another John relic. Starks hits his third three of the quarter with about 130 left. The Knicks are winning 30-26 to at this point. Mm. And the game just, again, feels so frantic. Greg Anthony hits a three, man, I have Mm -hmm. to say Greg Anthony emerging as one of my favorite players on the Knicks during this playoff run. man.
3: Yeah, I love, this was the three where he, it's actually a fast break, a three-on-two fast break, and Anthony sprints out and spots up at the three-point line on the break.
0: Knicks have a three-on-two, Anthony for three, yes, Greg Anthony has been hitting the three-pointer
3: which was a very, you know, obviously that's a very modern move. It's something that not many players were doing at that time, except for Reggie Miller. Um, he was kind of like the first guy that I remember seeing um, who, whoever did that, like, you know, instead of like, Oh, it's a fast break. I, we need to score a layup. He would actually sprint to the three point line. Right. Uh, so I don't, I almost wonder if Greg Anthony kind of like took that little trick from him Um but uh, yeah, so Knicks are up, uh, let's see, 33 to 28 at this point, yeah. um, which is an insanely high score uh, right. for a quarter of basketball in, uh, in this playoff series. Um, yeah, basically, end of the first, Knicks are up 33-31, um, which, uh, yeah, might, might be the highest scoring quarter in NBA history, uh, yeah. s- as far as I know.
1: Just general thoughts on the quarter, kind of what's happening. I think the big story for me is just John Starks looks great at this point. He's mm-hmm. five of six, three of three from three. Um,
3: yeah, his, and mean, meanwhile, bottling up Reggie, Reggie's been pretty quiet. Yep. Um, I think he missed a couple of couple of threes, um, maybe had like one basket in the first, but yeah, been, been pretty much uh, silent.
1: Nick's got off to a really hot start, shooting six of seven from the field. Um, and the Pacers kind of started the game looking like they forgot to show up for the first quarter, but they sort of claw back into it. Vern Fleming hits a, uh, a basket here to end the quarter with 4.1 seconds, 4.1 seconds left, hits the basket and one. Um, and yeah, so like you said, the Knicks are up two at the, uh, at the, at the quarter break, 33 to 31. We head into quarter two, Ben, of course there are mercifully uh mostly no commercials during this game we will get yeah. to that one surprise in the fourth Couple surprise bonus yeah. ones towards yeah. the end i know
3: yeah. what a, what i uh what a nice little treat that yes yeah.
1: we start quarter two with a mod interviewing spike lee uh, on the sidelines
0: uh, so now tell me this what is your reaction to all these people saying that you are the reason that the knicks lost <laughs> make those turnovers. I wasn't one make the entry pass. And uh, but we're going to win tonight and it'll be a game seven Sunday. All right. looking like a true fan.
1: Thanks I didn't make those turnovers. I wasn't the one making that entry pass, but we're going to win tonight and there will be a game 7 on Sunday.
3: Yeah, when uh when when this interview first started, I wrote in my notes, "Can we please just not do this and say that we did?" Um Yeah because i do not want to hear from this man i don't want to see him i'm tired of him i'm sick of him um uh however i will to his uh to his credit um spike does speak uh facts when he says he was not the one that made those turnovers he, he was not the one that couldn't make the entry pass um that was in fact uh nicks players professional basketball players uh, that, that made, um, that just mind boggling, uh, sequence of, of both mental and physical errors, um, in game at the end of game five. So, you know, he's correct, um, uh, on that point, but, uh, but yeah, I really wish we didn't, didn't have to hear from him.
1: Yeah. And then Marv interestingly talks about the quote friendly wager that
3: Spike and oh, Reggie this. made with
2: one
0: another.
3: This was fucking wild.
0: You know, they had established a a French-friendly wager before the series began. If the Pacers win, Spike Lee said he would cast Miller's wife, model Marita, in his next movie. If the Knicks win, Miller would visit Mike Tyson in prison. Now, Spike says Marita would get a line, not a roll. He says uh, he's not exactly looking to jeopardize this bill. A vote of confidence for Marita.
1: Do we know, without tipping our hand which way this series goes, do we know if um, both parties held up their end of the agreement and the bet?
3: I do, in fact, know because, of course, I couldn't help myself uh, and did did some research yeah. uh, into this. Um, Reggie told the story. He's told the story a couple times. Um, he did, in fact, go visit uh, Mike Tyson in prison um, oh, okay. and waited uh, ap- apparently for several hours. But Tyson never came out um, to see him, oh. um, which is weird. But weird. I mean, what a fucking odd bet! Like, wh- like, yeah. Mike Tyson was in prison. His, the 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 place that he was staying. I forget the exact name of the correctional facility but it was in Indiana. Interestingly, right. it was like right. an hour and a half out of Indiana, Indianapolis. Um and I guess Mike Tyson was a friend of Spike Lee's and I think
1: Spike was just sympathetic to his his cause and felt, you know, there was an injustice y- y- or something.
3: Sure. Yeah, of course. It's it's horrible when a man has to go to prison for uh, raping a woman. Um, <laughs> right. But like was that because like my question is like did was that a a wager? Did Spike want to do that as like a favor to Mike? Like he would think that Mike would like see like hearing and seeing yeah, Reggie, exactly. or did he do it as like a? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to, like, intimidate Reggie Miller by, like, forcing him to, like, visit big, bad, scary Mike Tyson in prison. Like, was it, like, a punishment for Reggie? Like, that's the weird know. thing. I'm like, what kind of a bet is that? Yeah, it I do not
1: see the incentive for Spike, to be honest. Yeah. With
3: yeah. Yeah. It didn't really make any sense. Um, but really what it did more than anything else, Chris, is it kind of drove home the point that Spike Lee is, like... It's, Annoying? He's kind of a big, fat phony. He's a big... Fat fraud. And, you know, he's like the most famous Knicks fan. Um, <clears throat> loves his team, fights for his team, yada, yada. But you know what? At the end of the day, like, guess what? He's best buds with Reggie Miller. He's best buds with Michael Jordan, you know, palling yeah. around with yeah. him in, in Nike commercials, you know, basically helping, um, you know, make Jordan's career and fame in in those, uh, you know, famous um, Nike, you know, must be the shoes ads. Um, that was, that was all from, from Spike. So like, I'm not exactly sure what kind of a Knicks fan is like also best friends with Michael Jordan and Reggie Miller. It's very I think he just likes wearing uh, the confusing.
1: gear. I, I, he strikes me as someone that like just likes wearing
3: the hats. <laughs> yeah. And like, likes, and like stressing likes hat- up and like, and like parading around.
1: Yeah. I think he likes the hats and likes, we- and likes sitting courtside and likes like mm-hmm. palling around with celebrities. But in terms of the actual team, um, you know he, he he's caused us a lot of grief i'll say that yeah
3: yeah um, and like it wasn't it wasn't real for him he wasn't invested in any of this shit he was just performing
1: no greg anthony continues to have uh you know a, an impact here in the second quarter he hits a transition jumper puts the Knicks in front 39 to 35 and then he has another really impressive on the next play a, a really impressive like powerful drive to the basket it's kind of like a reverse layup
0: greg anthony with a beautiful play, he's hit three out of four. He has seven, and he has provided a spark for the Knicks
1: now lead by six. 41-35, the Knicks are up with nine minutes and 24 seconds left.
3: Greg Anthony is now three of four uh, with seven points. Nick's on an 8-0 run now after uh, Oakley tips in a Hubert miss. It's 43-35. Oh, and then we get a pretty creepy little Larry Brown interview here.
0: We had different people step up, so I I think from that standpoint, yes. And then the fact that a lot of people haven't uh, expected us to do well, uh, there's similarities, but all those teams started to play well in the second half of the year. And I don't think this is an accident that we're in this position right now.
3: I love, I mean, I guess this is also true of, of the Pat Rally interviews, but I love how with all these um, these interviews, he's always floating in like a black void. Like we don't <laughs> yes. see, like, see where he, like I just imagine he. it's like yeah. this weird dungeon that he's in and you're like, what is that like behind him or under him? Um, he's also wearing a very uh, strange hat. and disturbing hat. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure I couldn't make out if it was like an Adidas logo, but it, Looks like a big green triangle, like a Christmas tree. Yeah, it
1: appears to be an Adidas logo, but it definitely was not from his closet. So
3: yeah, again, like it's a hat, like did not belong on his head. He a, definitely did not buy that. He took it shirt. off of another human. Yeah,
1: it's a polo shirt that does not belong to him. A hat that does not belong to him. Those are not his glasses. He just thought that Mm-mm. they looked cool and put them on. But well, he
3: thought that they would help him blend into yes, regular society. He was it's like, a, oh, these are these are accessories this this that, his, that human beings wear. This
1: is his uh, fisherman disguise.
3: This is his,
1: like, (laughs) I'm a a guy that enjoys fishing. Um, So, like, he also has in this a a tackle box. He has a fishing rod. He's wearing tacky cargo shorts. And after he wraps up this interview, he's going to go down to the dock and, you know, continue fishing for some trout. And, uh, yeah, that'll be his day.
3: Yeah, just regular human stuff, yeah.
1: So, in this interview, he says that it is, quote, that, quote, it wasn't an accident that his team was in a position to win the series. Uh, thank you, Larry. You know, just as creepy, as creepy as always, Larry.
3: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see, moving along here. So Indiana goes on a quick little run of their own. <clears throat> they pulled to within, uh, forty-eight, forty-two, with about, uh, 528 left in the half. We're getting some more race car sounds here, Chris. And I just have in my notes that, um, they are just such a, a welcome sound. Um, I'm experiencing this game knowing, you know, deep in my heart, that this is uh, likely the last time that I will be hearing the race cars. Yeah. And I'm just trying to relish and cherish every single one of them. Uh, every race car is a, a sacred gift from the, the God to whom I pray, Jeff Scalf. Yes. So thank you, Father Jeff.
1: You know, right around this time, Ben, there's a, there's a moment where Antonio Davis fouls Patrick in the post, and he's pleading mm-hmm. his case with the refs. And I just wrote, man, man, look at the bandaging on Antonio Davis's right paw. Like, hmm. let's face it, man. Like, he could have been one of our own, Antonio, Antonio Davis. He would have fit right in with the Knicks. Like, oh, yeah. Look at, look at the bandaging on his hand. He's basically playing with, like, a broken hand, a broken finger or two. And uh, he was just a really tough guy. And, you know... No, no secret here um, among the O.T.L. You're right. That's a audience. huge
3: bandage. It's wrapped around his, his wrist. full like palm and connected to his wrist. And then yeah. there's another tape around three of his fingers. Like basically, like from like. Mid forearm to like the tips of his fingers, there's bandage, bandaging. <laughs> I, mean, wow, I did not catch that. Dude, that's that's like, a lot of bandaging. That's
1: straight up like what a boxing, like that's what a boxer would have beneath his glove. Yeah, you know that's like
3: I mean? when you take your gloves off, yeah. that's what you find. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Give us your, your best memories of like those years, Indiana, New York and Indiana, Orlando in the Eastern final. Get, what, what are some of your best memories? Well, you know, I, I think I think the fact that, you know, we were there and it was such a rivalry. You know you can just kind of remember everything uh, after the games when we win you come home and and your, your garage is decorated with all kinds of <laughs> stuff
2: <laughs> you know and Our it's house a, has a been bright decorated. sunny
0: day and uh, people are coming over and we're, we're cooking and stuff like that and it, it was just it felt like such a family mm-hmm. you know with with all those guys you know i think that's something that every team should have but mm-hmm. unfortunately it's it's not always there it's, because guys aren't like And it's really funny because this summer as quiet as it kept, New York was one of Antonio's largest suitors in free mm-hmm. agency. Every day FedEx would show up and there would be a different gift from the Knicks. Every day they would just send a gift every day and they would say like they sent this little um, like, di- like a little model of Madison Square Garden, and it said, like, welcome to your new home. Yeah. And they sent him, like, this leather journal that says you're going to write history in New York. Like, yeah. all of these different things. He and and Antonio said, but babe, like, I can't be a Nick. Like, I just couldn't be a it doesn't, it doesn't Nick. It doesn't happen. It just never happened.
2: <laughs> it just wouldn't feel
3: right. A little bit later on, this might be skipping ahead, but mm. he um, has quote. a little interview yeah, about... Quote. Charles Oakley.
0: Um, him not having any any special talents, he's always seemed to get the job done. And then watching him, I seen why. He was just so physical and so um, mind-focused on what he had to do. So I just was maybe a little bit intimidated by it. But I think once I loosened up and got to play with him a couple of games and just watched some of the things that he'd do yet and try to do the same thing to him, they kind of worked. So... After he you know, pushed me around a little bit, I, I just knew I wasn't going to take it anymore. And I was able to relax and play a little bit, uh, better, three
3: or four. That's like the third or fourth time they've like dropped like a soundbite about Antonio Davis, like waxing poetic about yeah. Charles Oakley and like how much he's <laughs> he like him. idolizes him and yeah. maybe borderline obsessed with him. Uh, yeah, very, very um, interesting. What point?
1: We'll talk specifically about what he says, but it was something to the effect of, like, he wasn't very good at anything at all, but yet, like, I still, like, completely admired him and, like, wanted to be just like him. All right, moving along here. um, There is a super, super sloppy possession by Anthony Mason...
0: the court which we have seen from time to time when things do not go well we have to
3: talk about him for a little minute m- minute yes. here because he he just had a terrible uh half let's see i'm not exactly sure what the so, score so, is at this point
1: yeah the score here is 50 i believe it's 52 to 48 and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason tries to inbound the ball. It nearly gets stolen by the Pacers, who are pressing in the backcourt. Mason recovers his own inbounds pass, sprints it up half court, and then throws just an awful pass to Charles Smith yeah. in the corner. The ball goes out of bounds. And I wrote in my notes, you know, you could see the game slipping away from the Knicks right here. It's possible that, like... If if the Pacers are about to go on a run, it's like shit like this that's gonna cause it. You know, it's this sort of like lack, just this like carelessness. Like, uh, I don't know.
3: Yeah, that was the Knicks' ninth turnover of the half, um, and five of those nine turnovers were at the hands of Anthony Mason. Um, Already uh, now, this is yeah, like a couple minutes, but yeah, two and a half minutes left in the in the second quarter. And already Mason has five turnovers in the first half. Amazing. Not great. Not great. Uh, Um, Patrick
2: hits
1: a pair of free throws, two minutes left in the half, 54 to 48. The Knicks are now up by six points. Um, Ben, did you see the, the screen that Charles Smith set on Haywood Workman. Patrick converts in the post to make it 56-48. But oh Charles yes Smith i do remember that? He's a hellacious A hellacious screen on Haywood Workman. I was like, "Man, that was the 90s right there."
3: Oof, yeah. Literally takes some off his feet. Like both feet are like mid-air uh, as Workman like falls to the floor. Yeah. Um Jesus. no call by the refs. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um all right, here's a little thing, but um but it really struck me um this is not a a a basketball play here but there's this fan i don't know if you if this um bothered you at all but pretty much like all game there was this one fan that i could i could keep i kept hearing like sort of faintly in the background like as okay. if he was um either close to uh, like either 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 right behind the announcers or like on the baseline, like close enough to the, you know, the microphone on the on the on the basket, because there's, a, you know, of course, there's a mic on the hoop, um, which is why, you, you know, why you hear the uh, the swishes and stuff so clearly. Uh, so I don't know if this guy was on the baseline or, um, you know, at the next to the announcer booth, but all game you could kind of hear him barking and around 50:35, he says something 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 you asshole
2: oh wow um, i got a cue let, me let, let yeah. me let
1: me play this and see if i can hear what it what it sounds
3: like hold on okay
2: and the pacers
0: wanting to call him over the top of the backboard and they get it Been trying to rifle one down on
3: the oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and literally that guy, like I couldn't make out any specific thing that he was saying, but he was just yelling, just yelling in the background the entire game. Every now and then he would like, you know, peep like, uh, I don't know, chir- chirp a little bit and I would hear him. And he just sounds like the classic, like just absolute like mouth breathing, like sunburnt, inbred fucking like pacer fan. Um like literally sounded like he had like a like a soggy half cigar in his mouth like as he was like screaming. Um and um yeah it just made me really happy every every time I, I heard his voice.
1: Moving on, anything here before we reach halftime um Mason. We get
3: another uh, another Knicks yeah, turnover off an inbounds pass from Mason to Starks, yeah. um, which I think is like their ninth or tenth turnover of the half, at least. Um, and then, yeah, right before half, 0.9 seconds left, Miller flings that, oh uh, that three over his head, which I swear to God looked good. It was like, you know, 40 feet out practically. He just like flings it like a turnaround, a yep. uh, fling over the head, and it bounced off the front rim. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Knicks are leading at the half, fifty-eight to fifty-one. Both teams scoring over fifty points. Um, yep. I am I'm just dizzy uh, with with that kind of uh, scoring output. Um, yeah, it really yeah really really jarring to see that that level of offense.
1: Dude, I think the most notable thing about the half uh, about the game thus far is that the Knicks are really getting it done with guys not named Patrick Ewing. Which frankly, yeah, Ewing
3: had a pretty quiet first half. Yeah, I think he was like,
1: which frankly is kind of awesome. Like it's pat, it's really Patrick's supporting cast that's getting it done, that's doing a lot of the heavy lifting here in the first half. So it's Starks, it's Greg Anthony, it's Charles Oakley. Um, mm-hmm. But also, there's just been like a lot of sloppy emotional play, a lot of turnovers, a lot of carelessness. Everything feels rushed. There's a, there, there's a lot of urgency in the game that's being played, but there's also just like a lot of haphazard action, you know, epitome epitomized to me by that, that, uh, Anthony Mason inbounds play that we yeah. talked about, um, with the pass to Charles Smith.
3: Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, let's hop into the third quarter, man.
3: Third quarter. Here we go. So
1: here we go. Starks hits two free throws to start the half. It's 60 to 51. Patrick and Smits are really battling in the post at this point. Patrick picks up his third foul. Smits converts Mm. in the post. Patrick tries to take a charge. It's 62 to 53. The Knicks are up and there's about eight minutes and 50 seconds left. Anything uh, you know, important you wanna call out here, Ben?
3: Um, yeah, a little bit after that, I just had noted a, a really just gorgeous sequence uh, where <laughs> Miller clanks a three, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, you know, the ball's on the floor, there's a scramble, uh, you know, mess of bodies on the floor. Smiths comes up with it, goes up, but he misses another scramble on the floor. <laughs> Dale Davis shoves Charles Smith and grabs the ball. Workman tries to force it inside, but Ewing breaks up the pass. There's another loose ball. Oakley grabs it. He gets absolutely clobbered <laughs> by Dale Davis. Foul on Davis. Um, Amazing. Really just a just a great, great uh, sequence of plays there. Is that the um, uh, sequence
1: where Marv says, this is n- not, this is just not pretty <laughs> basketball?
3: I think that's actually a little bit later. Oh, but yeah, good. at around, yeah, yeah, like pretty much the same uh, general area. Yeah.
0: And Workman on the open floor. Lost the dribble and then recovered. This is not pretty basketball, folks. It's-
3: this is not pretty basketball, folks. Uh, and I just have in my notes, Marv, why do you keep saying that? What's what's, the deal? what's your problem? This is this is the best basketball. This, this is, the is, best. is the most beautiful. This is the best, yeah. This is the beautiful game. And then we have the Antonio Davis. The interview. Uh, yeah, the interview. So he says Oakley
1: um, doesn't have any special talents. <laughs> Talking about being intimidated by Charles Oakley, he says he doesn't have any special talents, but then he goes on to talk about how he just gets does, does all the gritty stuff. and uh, But he's also, you know, Antonio says he's not going to take it anymore, and he's, he's got to start pushing back on, on Charles Oakley's toughness.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's like right he's like inspired by him but also kind of motivated to 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 beat him at his own game. Um I mean I I wonder if these cuz they they were of course teammates later on in their careers uh on those um uh, Vince Carter Raptor teams. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if if they ever became like I I'd like in my heart I'm like I hope they just became like best friends. Yeah they um, seem
1: like you know
3: like kindred spirits or whatever. Another Starks 3.
0: So the 3 to give the next Knicks- A 12-point lead. He's four for four from downtown.
3: Yeah, boy, John Starks on one. Yeah. Yeah. About
1: Um, 6.20 left in the third. Starks hit a three, hits a three. It's now 67 to 55. And then Starks hits another three.
0: lead is now 10. And Starks tees it up, does it again. A three-pointer for John Starks, who is on fire.
3: Another. He tees it up, does it Again. The streak shooter is streaking, baby. Uh, Marv yeah, says he's, now he's
1: on fire, five for five from downtown.
3: Five for five from downtown, and I'm thinking to myself, man, John Stark should uh, should pull a Reggie Miller and start a uh, a trash talk feud with Indiana's most famous celebrity <laughs> fan, uh, which would probably be the guy yelling asshole on the baseline. Oh,
1: I, th- I thought you were going to say Ahmad Rashad. Um, yeah.
3: Oh, that that's <laughs> another one. Yeah.
1: Matt Gukus, <laughs> Matt Gookas actually says it's almost Miller esque. Uh, referring to John Starks'
3: hot streak, and then Harper
1: mm. hits one man. So now it's 70, yeah. seventy-two to fifty-nine with five uh, five minutes left in the third.
3: Yeah, um, thirteen-point Nick lead. I have my notes. I don't think I've ever seen the Knicks shoot this well in my entire life.
1: Yeah, Mason tips back. Patrick miss seventy-four to sixty-one, um, and then Reggie connects seventy-four to sixty-three. About four minutes left.
3: But yeah, that's only his. He's now f- that uh, after that make uh, that that puts him at five for twelve. 15 points pretty quiet you know hasn't really yeah. uh, done done a whole lot of damage to us
1: and then they show that graphic of Mason with eight turnovers on the night
3: oh god yeah yeah he um yeah his seventh turnover is a travel on the offensive end incredible um then in transition he's called for a charge like a play later uh eight for his eighth turnover um I can still hear the asshole guy barking uh, at this point. Um, oh, and then there's a uh, a pretty great sequence.
0: A double team working against Smiths. The pass broken up by Anthony. Three on two. Here's Smith. Quick lay it down. Off the steal. Starks. John Starks. Taking advantage of the steal, and he's given the
3: Knicks a 76-63 advantage. Uh, We have Rick Smiths in the post. Uh, His kickout pass is broken up by Greg Anthony, stolen by Starks. Fast break Starks to Smith, to Charles Smith. Smith can't finish the layup. Uh, Rick Smiths collects it under the hoop and sort of tries to do the falling out of bounds, you know, pass it back to a teammate. But Starks breaks up his pass as Smiths falls out of bounds on the baseline, collects it and dunks with one hand. Um, I mean, Starks. Is Twenty-one.
1: One... Yeah, Starks is having one of the yeah. best games of his career at this point. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah.
3: Twenty-one points for Starks. That's ten in the third quarter alone. Um, and at 1-13-10, we have a shot of Spike Lee getting very animated on the sidelines. Um, and I'm just thinking to myself, Spike, Jesus. this is not the time. Yeah, just just go please, away. just sit down.
1: We have a uh, just a great uh, a great rebound by Starks.
0: Mason with help going against oh. Smith. And it's Anthony ahead of the field. Greg Anthony extends to a 78-65 Nick lead. Knicks... Great
1: rebound by Starks, who kicks it up to uh, Greg Anthony in transition. And now it's 78-65. to The Knicks are looking really good, but Marv reminds us in that moment, of course,
3: that no lead is safe following mm-hmm. the debacle
1: in Game 5.
3: Um, that is correct, Marv. Uh, um... Yeah, of course, the, uh, the race cars are, are really doing their best here. I have my notes that you just have to hand it to the race cars. Uh, they truly have the heart of a champion. They're doing everything they can to keep their team you know, alive, to keep, to keep them in it. Uh, the race cars, you know, the rest of the Pacers might not be playing well, but the race cars are still bringing it every single play. Um, just really inspiring stuff from them.
1: 69-80 New York with a commanding 11-point lead.
3: 11-point lead going into the fourth. Uh, this should be, uh, you know, super easy, no problem. You know, we all know about the net, that uh, vaunted Knicks fourth-quarter defense. No team has ever come back um, against the Knicks in the fourth quarter, yep. uh, as far as I can remember. So, yeah, this should be another easy win <laughs> easy for the breezy. New York Knicks.
1: Starks now has 21 points, 10 of which he scored in the third quarter. Knicks are firing on all cylinders. They gotta have this game. Marv continues to remind us about Game Five. The fourth yeah. quarter lead in Game Five, of course, was 12 points in today's game. Here in Game Six, the lead is 11 points. And then Ben, when does it when does it kick in for you? Because um, I'll, I'll I'll tell you when it kicked in for me. The PTSD. Mm-hmm. And for me, was it
3: by any chance about 120, 50 seconds into our broadcast? <laughs> you know it was.
1: <laughs> you know it
3: what, was. Uh, what exactly happened at that point, Chris?
1: So, Ben, there's this, um, there's this finger, and mm. there's this wagging finger of an Indiana Pacer fan. And it's honestly, it comes up right as they show that graphic of the fourth quarter lead and as soon as yeah. the graphic disappears the finger emerges yeah. literally like the like like the 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 graphic dissolves out and the finger pops up it's the finger of an Indiana Pacer fan showing the that he or she is the number one fan in all of Pacer country. And of course, it obstructs our view here during the telecast, Ben. It is right in front of the NBC cameras.
3: Yeah, it's literally obscuring court and players. It's right there in the foreground. Um, your eyes are just immediately drawn to it. And then as if there wasn't enough, like sort of, you know, focus on it, the finger has to like, wag wildly back and forth as if he's like i think the most
1: bothersome thing man is that he starts touching players with the finger like (laughs) like hubert davis is out on the three-point line he starts like hitting hubert with his finger of course because he wags it um it's just it's just terrible like i just want it to go away but it doesn't he refuses at first you think like oh maybe
3: he's just like pointing someone out to us like oh that's charles smith at right. the foul line right. but then the violence of the shaking back and forth you're like oh no no he's like hitting them yes he's trying he's, he's trying to a cause spell. damage yeah he's casting
1: yeah. a spell <laughs> um, uh, just so the ptsd starts kicking up as soon as i see the mm. wagging finger and then mm-hmm. reggie mm-hmm. connects from 3
0: New York.
3: Yeah, switches the three, and and what do we get? Of course. The camera
1: the pans past a dejected looking spike. And now, Ben, the fans are going bananas.
3: I literally have in my notes shot of a spike Lee sitting dejected. I use the exact same word that you just did, independently of you. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I want to die.
1: And we have Marv on the call saying The Pacers are hoping it's Miller time once again. He's destroyed the Knicks in New York.
3: I will say, Marv Albert was like...
1: We need to have a conversation about Marv, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's
1: let's just Um, get to it, man. Marv, during this fourth quarter, um, felt it almost felt like Marv was in bed with the people at Miller Genuine Draft.
3: It felt a lot like Marv was... Enjoying it a little too much, yes. like he was like getting so worked up at like every single possible little moment, and it was like, M- Marv, do you do you want this to happen? Yeah, Marv, like, are like, I know that you like, are. A, Marv, quote, how unquote, do
1: you feel about John Dillinger? How do you feel <laughs> like? What are your feelings on the Indianapolis? 500 oh actually i know what your feelings on the indy 500 are you told us all about it during the yeah. indiana day parade
3: you uh, think it's one of the great sporting events in america <laughs> marv right. you've uh, mentioned it many times um you think it's it's magical and wonderful and makes for a great sports weekend you wax poetic um, about
1: larry brown all the time his his collegiate success at north carolina and kansas yes you, yes you you and ahmad both just, just take delight in the race car sounds. You take delight mm-hmm. in Jeff Scalf's work. You take delight you, in Reggie Miller's epic,
3: epic. You comeback. eagerly, eagerly invite Larry Brown to your broadcasting table and put headphones on him That's to interview right. him after games. Um, yeah, you, um, you, you clown Spike Lee when uh, you know he starts um, you know m- misbegotten feuds with uh, with Reggie Miller. Um, yeah, it was it, it was disturbing. Um, it was upsetting.
1: It was because it definitely felt like Mar. It almost felt like Marv, much like the finger fan, had some sort of black magic energy or power, and he was like talking this fourth quarter into existence.
3: Yes, he was practicing the dark arts, and he was fueling. Um, he, he, he was, in fact, yeah, like, affecting reality with, with I his have a, words.
1: Qu- I have a question for you, man. So, a, a couple, epis- a, a couple episodes ago, I was asking you about the timeline of Marv getting into the feud with the Dolans and then eventually leaving the MSG network. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe some of that had to do with his, like, demeanor during these sort of
3: like major <laughs> primetime games you think that uh that that Dolan was was punishing Marv um five what four years later um I don't think for... this I
1: don't think this helped his case is maybe yeah. what I'm saying I don't think I like this th- I don't think yeah, he like was like I don't think he was earning himself any like he wasn't like getting in Dolan's good graces let's put it like no, that no
3: the MSG bosses could not have been looking upon this performance very kindly. No. Um, certainly not. Um, yeah. Yeah, every time. So, yeah, even like a little bit. Uh, let's see you now. It's 78, seventy eight no, sorry, 74.82, 10 minutes to go in the fourth. Um, I have my notes that Miller misses a three, but every time, even when he misses, Marv's voice yeah. like rises when he's like miller for three like he gets like yes. so like before he even sees if the shot goes in or not he gets so giddy yeah. um marv he can't, wants this he can't to happen it. he's trying to speak yeah.
1: it into existence
3: he absolutely is yep i agree we have a
1: greg anthony miss from three and i write the finger re-emerges oh my god 125 20 i want you to find it Tell me I'm... Wait,
3: because I have another oh, another quick finger at 122.55. It
1: comes out all quarter long, man. <laughs> if you thought it was just happening once, you were wrong. This finger's coming out in full force. 125.20. Wait for it. Wait for it. So it'll be... it. Okay, there it is. 125.23.
3: Okay, wait, wait, wait. No, first you have to go... Mine's before yours. So go to 122.50. 122, <laughs> 122. 122. 120, 122 f- yeah. Yeah. Oh. hubert davis is at the free throw line one twenty two fifty. got it i got this is a free throw keep your eye on the bottom of that screen
1: did i miss it oh there it is 20 i have it's it a at quick like... it's a quick one wow there it is <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah right before the score comes up uh at, at 123 wow yeah it's there all it's all it's there all quarter yeah yeah
1: yeah, it just keeps coming out, man. And it is mm-hmm. like I said for me it's a trigger. Um
3: So wait, then there's another one at 125. 12523. Wait, I got another one at one right at 125 even. If you want to yeah. we should just look at we should just go <laughs> through all, all this. <laughs> all the finger shots. 125, 125
1: even. 125 even. Yep. Oh, Okay, got that.
3: Oh, that's a nice long one. Yeah. Oh, it's so long. Oh
2: God,
1: it's <laughs> awful, isn't
3: it? Yeah. And then one twenty five twenty, it comes back. One twenty five twenty. Yeah. Anthony misses a three. Oh yeah, it was just there. I think it was just hanging in the air the entire time. I the think. Camp, the-
1: yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm just very sensitive to the finger. So like, <laughs> like I, whenever I see it, I can't not see it. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's just
3: very much on my radar. Um. Like I said, like yeah. for me, no, I, I obviously I, I made a note every time it popped up, um, which is yeah. often, often, very frequent.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah. these little triggers, man, that send me spiraling because through the first, you know, two and a half, three quarters, I felt like pretty emotionally stable. I felt confident. Like, I don't know if confident is the word, but I felt like stable and sane and normal. And then I, it's yeah. these little things, man, like for you, it, it is 1000%. The car racing noises for me, it's that finger, and mm-hmm. it sends me spiraling, man. It sends me into madness. Um, and now I'm in my head. So it's, yeah, uh, eighty two, seventy four, nine twenty four left in the game. Um, ben, we suddenly have commercials here.
3: Yeah, uh, we get some super special surprise ads. Uh, thanks to our our buddy Pick and Roll UK. Yeah, um, uh, yeah uh, totally out of the blue. You know, we thought this was a, a no ads uh, broadcast. Yeah. Um, but How just as a, as a nice little Easter ads. egg. I was. I was. Um, you know what? I, I. It made me feel good. It made me feel. It was like a nice little welcome, like surprise. Um. I think if yeah. there were ads the entire game, I would have been like, I can't do this. Um, right. But to go through, you know, three and a half quarters almost um, with no ads to get like a special little surprise ad, I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is a, a, a I, nice and, treat. And I
1: will say, it helped that they were mostly <laughs> commercials that we hadn't totally seen before. Even if we'd seen the product before, there were it felt like new versions of the commercial. So like we that's had right. We felt we had like a '94 Camry. Ohio,
0: Texas. Parts from 174 suppliers in 32 states. They all come together right here in Georgetown, Kentucky, in the Toyota Camry. Built by Americans to exceptional quality standards. With this kind of craftsmanship, all the pieces fit together beautifully. The 1994 Toyota Camry.
1: Ben, was that Martin Sheen doing the voiceover?
3: Definitely have my notes. Sounds like Martin Sheen, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, yep. Yeah, so could very we well get, have been we get... Martin Sheen doing VO for a Toyota Camry spot. And then we get The Crow.
0: Which... In a world without justice, one man was chosen to protect the innocent and to make the wrong things right. Not a good day to be a bad guy. The film the critics are calling dazzling and brutally hypnotic. Bye bye, Brandon Lee is sensational. A triumph. Brandon Lee. I love you. The crow. Rated R, now playing at theaters everywhere. Not a good yeah. day
1: to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Then we have Chris Weber in the Nike Barbershop commercial.
0: The first person I ever dunked on was the wine Pounds. Detroit, Michigan. And he used to talk about my mother, talk about my shoes, my shorts. I dunked on them, and I was like, there, there, nine, there you go, nine. By that time, they went down to score the layup, but that's all I remember from that game. 'Cause he was older kid, man, used to talk about me, started to to dog me, but I wonder where he is now, man. Cause I wanna just say, you know, I dumped on him. Bragging, he dunked on me.
3: Yeah, now this one I I was like I, I don't think I'd ever seen this ad before, no. um, you know. And I, I, like, like I've I seen said, we've
1: seen versions of this commercial, but never this specific. Of
3: special. course, there's the Iceman one that we all know and love. Right. There's the the David Robinson one. I feel like I've seen like, and I would go on like YouTube deep dives uh, to look up these ads that the Nike barbershop ads because I love this whole campaign. But this one was totally new to me. I don't think it had ever been on YouTube, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's set to uh, Strawberry Letter 23 by the Brothers Johnson, a great classic 70s funk song, a, uh, a, a cover, uh, actually, of a, of a Shuggy Otis song originally, uh, but a very fucking cool commercial. Um, you know, Chris Webber just uh, you know talking about, like, dunking on people growing up on the playground, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and it I have in my notes... I don't understand exactly how Chris Webber went from being so fucking cool 25 years ago to being so incredibly corny uh, today. It's really one of the great mysteries um, uh, because, man, back in 1984, like there was just no one cooler than him.
0: only one beer with pure refreshment written all over it cold filtered miller genuine draft and mgd light
2: why so many people are getting out of the old and into the cold
1: uh i'll be honest with you man um i think i'm out on miller genuine draft commercials Uh, i'm out on the whole product and when i saw this commercial i did have this, this kind of uneasy feeling in my stomach and then what do you know mm. i scream i yelp oh god because it's time <laughs> it's time ben for a miller genuine draft moment oh the music starts up
3: miller genuine draft presents genuine moments Ben, and I just I had the exact same reaction. Oh no! We, oh God! What could it's we a Miller possibly? Genuine Draft genuine moment? Please no! Please God no!
1: What could we possibly be reliving and revisiting this time?
3: I'm sure it's just a totally great, exciting, uh, fun, awesome uh, memory from NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like some really cool. Um, you know, exciting highlights that uh, that we would love to to uh, to relive, Chris, as Knicks fans.
0: Today's filler moment takes us back to Game Six, Knicks and the Bulls. Last year's Eastern Conference Finals, the Knicks won the first two games and then lost the next three. And in Game Six at Chicago, the Bulls, led by Michael Jordan's twenty-five points plus twenty-four points from Scottie Pippen, defeated New York ninety-six eighty-eight. The Bulls winning the series, four games to two, taking the last four games, in recognition of this moment, Miller Genuine Grant will donate $1,000 to the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund. And the Knicks are trying to prevent the same scenario from a year ago. Let's check in with them all.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a good call, Ben, because it was actually game six, Knicks-Bulls from 1993. Fantastic. A wonderful memory, Ben. It's the game where Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen defeat the Knicks. What a happy memory for us, mm. the Knicks fans watching this game. Just fantastic to relive that truly genuine moment, Ben.
3: Such a genuine moment, such a genuine memory for me. I I love to re-experience it. I love to relive it. I love that NBC decided um, it would be fun for Knicks fans to to watch that content uh, in the midst of um, another Game 6 uh, Eastern Conference Finals uh, collapse uh, in the fourth quarter. Yes. Um, thank you to our really, rich
1: doctor friends at NBC. I mean, Another just great. awesome
3: planning, awesome yeah. timing. Um, couldn't have come at a better time in the game. Um, so special, so genuine. Uh, yeah, remember that time that the uh, Knicks uh, were knocked out of the playoffs in heartbreaking fashion. Um, boy, uh, just the best. Yeah, yeah. fantastic what a,
1: what a genuine moment. Glad we uh, were able
3: to re-experience that. So we come yeah, back. Yeah, thank you, it's Miller 8, Genuine Draft. Eighty-two
1: seventy-four. 9:36 left in the fourth. Again, 82-74 Knicks are up eight points with nine minutes 30 seconds left in the in the fourth quarter here. Um, and Ben, oh God! Now the race cars are giving me anxiety. Out of the timeout.
3: Uh, oh, really? Because they make me feel great. Every time I hear them, um, uh, my heart is filled to bursting with joy.
1: With joy. With joy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they are uh, actually terrifying me now. Um, and uh, yeah, we're getting to the thick of it here. Vern Fleming cuts it to a six point lead. Now it's eighty-two seventy-six. 76 There's nine, uh, 849 left. The Knicks have missed their last four shots, and Marv says... ...back
0: to it here tonight. Burn Fleming cuts it to six. The Knicks have missed their last four shots, and the question is, can they show poise? They did not in Game 5, and they are showing signs of cracking here once again.
1: Can they show poise? They are showing poise. signs mm. of cracking here once again. And John Starks actually responds. He does show some poise. He hits a bucket. It's now 84 mm-hmm. to 76. Reggie Miller responds, hitting a long two.
0: off the dribble. step back. Reggie Miller again, stepping back and converted.
3: Yeah, that was an, a nasty shot, by the way, that... That, that Miller shot, it's off the dribble, basically a step back, like very James Harden-esque, right yeah. in Starks' face. Starks is right up in his grill and just splashes it in his face. Um, yeah, just filthy. Ewing gets inside uh, and scores. So Knicks are up by eight, 7.45 to go. Right. Uh, Vern Fleming hits a couple free throws. Indiana's now trapping. Uh, Oakley, uh, Charles Oakley, we haven't said his name much. He's had a pretty quiet game. Um, and at this point, he does a just ridiculous looking spin move and pr- uh, promptly loses the ball out of bounds for another Knicks turnover. Uh, let's see. Miller draws a foul on Starks. It is 82 86 after uh, Miller, of course, hits two free throws. Uh, I have my notes here. Race car is racing, Derek yeah. Harper clanking. Um, and I then. Think it was,
1: after, was it after that Oakley turnover? We had Marv saying, "Matt, we saw this movie I think, already, didn't we? In New York."
3: Yeah, I think it was actually after. Maybe it was. The, I, I have it in my notes. Is after um, Miller hits the two free throws, mm, and then Harper clanks awesome. a shot, um, and then Marv, just unable to contain his excitement, says, yeah, "The delight, Knicks,
2: The
0: Knicks in the midst of a collapse for the second straight game.
3: Knicks in the midst of a collapse for the second straight game. <laughs> Um, and I'm just like, dude. There's still seven minutes left. Yeah. The Knicks lead by four at this point. They have the lead with seven minutes to go in the game. Uh, and Marv is just fucking quaking in his seat. No, just, he's a pig uh, and shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, erection the size of uh, the Eiffel Tower over here. <laughs> Starks. I have Starks
1: fouled in transition. Um, 86, 82. Riley takes a timeout. There's six, six, forty three left. So we go to a timeout. Coming back, Starks hits both foul shots. So it's 88 to 82, and there's 639 left. We are hanging on by a thread here, Ben.
3: Yeah, Derek McKee hits a foot on the line two. Um, of course, can't can't go a game without a couple of foot-on-the-line yeah, twos. Yeah, um, Immediately followed by another Knicks
2: turnover. Oh, fantastic, uh, Ben. Yeah. 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 88.
0: four in front
3: of you, and you Dale Davis poking it away from behind, because um, when you're dribbling it up the court, you know, no reason to uh, ever look behind you or try to sense that defender. Uh, that is the Knicks' fourth turnover of the quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about halfway through the fourth now. Uh, Miller driving on Starks for a very tough uh, kind of double clutch uh, <laughs> floating uh, from the foul line. Here is Uh, he just can't be stopped at this point. It feels yep. like it's 86 to 88. Oh, it's just
1: like, five. Marv, just like Marv promised, Ben. You know, a beautiful Knicks collapse. 5.45 left. It's just, it's all happening for us, Ben.
3: Yeah, yeah. Pacers have clawed to within two. Um, it's just literally a, a replay of game five. Yeah. Um, and um, at this point I'm just like there's 5.45 left but the season's over Yes. Um, let's just get this over with as quickly as we possibly can please so at this point I am fully
1: yeah like you it's so funny man we're in the same place at this point I am fully rooting for the Pacers at this point so um, Ewing
0: in the fourth quarter Ewing who has been silent Ewing not able to get the ball that's only his tenth shot
1: Great. oh man, you and Ewing sinks one. That sucks. At this I know. point, I'm I, like, what are you
3: doing, Patrick? I am
1: fully, You're messing up the whole narrative I am here. I'm fully rooting for the collapse. I want this season over with, Ben. I am all in on just a historic collapse here. Knicks are up 80, uh, 90 to 86 with 5:30 left. Um, I know our boys can do it. I know the Pacers can pull this out. And then we have a smith's putback yes five minutes left we're down by two i wrote in my best kg voice anything is possible (laughs) uh 90 to 88 five minutes left Mm. we can do this man
3: yeah those race cars are humming baby um i am uh, i'm just so fired up so excited Oakley kind of ruins the momentum a little wow. bit. He takes it up strong, draws a foul.
1: Yeah, feels like a makes, bogus makes, call, man. He gets fouled. I, yeah. I don't like this at all.
3: No, makes one of two from the line. Uh, three point Knicks lead, four forty seven to go. Yep.
1: Larry and the boys um, want to talk it over. I am right. psyched. Let's draw up something good. We're only down by three. We can do this. We yeah. Can let's do get this.
3: Miller. Let's get Miller going. Uh, he he needs to get cooking again. All the pacer um, people are
1: fired up. My pacer heads. My pacer people.
3: In the heart of basketball country. Yes. This is where it all happens.
1: Um, <laughs> coming out of that timeout.
0: Ricky Miller in his seventh year out of UCLA with the league's premier shooters. If there were four-point range, he would leave the NBA. Reggie that category
1: doing it again reggie mm. is doing it so true again Marv. so true in the fourth taking over it is 91 to 88 the pacers are only down by three um you know uh how much time is left i think four minutes yeah and 30 about seconds. four minutes
3: left yeah 4 30 yeah out of the timeout unfortunately uh miller got, does get the ball off a curl but uh but coughs it up um but uh, thankfully, Charles Smith is the one uh, trying yes. to convert the fast break layup, which of course he yeah. fails to do. No way he's going to Charles... hit a layup. <laughs> oh no, no no! Charles Smith, I don't think ever made a fast break um, like dunk or layup in his in his entire career. No, no way um and then ben, was they, this the uh, point at which
1: um, Marv starts talking about how there are going to be major changes in, in the Knicks? Oh, yeah. He's I like, forgot about whether when... or not they win this game, oh, there God. will be major changes here for the Knicks.
0: That win or lose tonight or Sunday if the series reaches Sunday, this is a Knicks team that will undergo major changes that is within the confines of the salary cap, even if they should go on to the championship round
1: dude why don't yeah so let's just end the season now like like we don't even have to finish yeah let's just like end the season like what's the point right
3: i totally remember that and i was like whoa whoa like what do you why are you you saying that marv um but of course it it makes sense now because uh he was practicing uh black magic yes um and, yeah, it, it was so such a, uh, a strange comment. And, of course, it also ended up being completely untrue. The Knicks didn't make any changes uh, right. in, the, in that. I mean, maybe, like, a couple, like, tiny but ones in, like on the margins. Structural. But they basically had the exact same team in 94, 95. Yeah. Um, which is why they uh, didn't get any further than the Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, because they were just, you know, old and decrepit and uh, ineffective at that point. Yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, getting back to the game, it's under four minutes to go now. Um, yeah, uh, Patrick Ewing losing the ball uh, out of bounds on the baseline um, after he is uh, kind of kind of bumped a little bit by by Smiths. Um, this is turnover number twenty-one by New York. Um, yeah, Patrick Ewing not having a good fourth quarter. Um, no problem. He's only our you know single um <laughs> offensive weapon uh Miller then uh makes a sharp little uh, back on the baseline and draws the fifth foul on Ewing um he hits his first free throw to pull it to 89-91 two point game uh with 303 to go and then we get some more bonus ads Chris
1: I got to tell you man I can't I can't watch or focus on this Visa Bush Gardens commercial
3: no, Busch Gardens
2: I and SeaWorld.
3: I am,
1: at this point, I am literally choking on my water. I was I was drinking water in this game, literally just choking on it. The Shaq, choking. Shaq Pepsi commercial, I want it off mm-hmm. my screen.
3: I love this Shaq commercial because this is the uh, the brief era when Shaq had the, I don't know if you remember this, but he had the bald head, but with sideburns. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember that look? Yeah. yeah, that was a really cool fashion statement from Shaq, 94. <laughs> Be young, um, have fun,
1: the commercial spot for Pepsi. Uh, yep. We have a Jiffy Lube. I'm over it. I just want this Knicks season over with. I just mm-hmm. want this Knicks season over with. I'm not interested in any of these commercials. We come back from commercial break.
2: The Knicks
0: 91, the Pacers 89. Reggie Miller will shoot his second free throw. Indiana has outscored the Knicks 20-11 in the fourth quarter. Miller with 10 of the 20 points on the course of the good runs by the Knicks this season, the 15-game win streak earlier on the playoffs. The Knicks owned the fourth quarter. It has not been the case against the Indiana Pacers.
1: And Reggie makes the second foul shot. It's now ninety-one to ninety. Two fifty-eight left. Yep. And um, we are close, man. I I I mean little, I, uh, I can taste it.
3: Yeah, I can, I can taste it. It's delicious, the, the taste of death. Um, little graphic pops up on the screen. Uh, the Knicks in the fourth quarter have three field goals and six turnovers. Um, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, they have three field goals Jesus. and uh, double that number of, of turnovers. Um, uh, and then uh, right after that graphic appears on screen, um, Patrick Ewing gets it in the post, uh, very far out from the basket, he tries a very um, ill-advised kind of like drop-step dribble move and uh, coughs it up again uh, for the Knicks' seventh turnover um, of the quarter. Um, and Marv says, and then, Marv says uh,
1: Indiana can take the lead for the first time. Indiana can take the lead for the first time. And Reggie mm. clangs one, surprisingly. Somehow. Yeah.
3: It didn't make any sense. When he, he's, he, he gets it uh, off the screen, steps back, uh, and I was just like, oh, well, that's a make. And But somehow it was not. Somehow he missed it. Uh, Knicks with the ball back on the other end. I have my notes. The race cars are singing beautiful, sweet music to me. Mm. Um, <laughs> and the uh, oh, and the Knicks, um, they turn it over again. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, they turn it over again. Mar- Marv says.
0: We are seeing a Knicks team fumble for the second straight game.
1: Uh, as Reggie steals the ball, Starks is forced to foul him, and yeah, uh, boy oh boy, it was
3: Charles Smith trying to kick it out to Starks. It wasn't even like it, it, like it wasn't even like a good defensive play. Miller was just kind of like, oh, I, you're, I'm just gonna like kind of like very easily step, step into in this passing lane and take yeah. take the ball from you. Like yeah. that that wasn't. It was just like. Okay. <laughs> um, of course, he um, uh, Miller... Oh, he actually misses his first free throw, which yeah. also seems impossible. Wow. Um, but bounces in the second one, so it is now a tie game, folks. We are tied, 91, baby! 91 tie game. Let's do two this. Two minutes to go. Let's do this. Um, please, please, I take got me home. summer
1: vacation, man. I want to yeah. just... Let's go. Let's go.
3: I got, I got Mortal Kombat 2 on Sega Genesis. I got to learn yes. all those fatalities. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so please let's wrap this up as quickly as possible, folks. We've got uh, Derek, Harper Derek Harper pulling up off the dribble. Harper,
0: yes. And the question is, can the Knicks regain their points?
3: Wow, Derek, what are you doing,
1: what are you man? Doing? Come on, we want to go home. 93 Did 91. you not get the memo? Uh, pacers are only down by two. We, we, we can still get back in this game, Ben. And then Marv mm-hmm, asks, mm-hmm. the question is. Can the Knicks regain their poise? They've lost it Mm. again. (laughs) 93 to 91. There is one minute and 42 seconds left. Yeah. And then we have a Starks and Mason combined steal. Uh, They steal the ball uh, from Reggie. Starks Starks is fouled in transition. Um, John Starks hits one of two from the line. So it's now 94 to 91 with 115 left. And uh, our beloved Pacers, Ben, are only down by three.
3: Down by three. One possession game, 1.15 to go. Um, This one's uh, well within reach. Yeah, 91-94, Knicks, minute 15 to go uh, before the season will mercifully end. And um, unfortunately, the Knicks' defense really uh, clamps down. Uh, Derek McKee is uh, forced to hurl up a bad three-pointer with about three seconds left on the shot clock. Which clanks off the rim. Oakley rebounds, and then, uh, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then Derek Harper <laughs> on the other end passes it in to Charles Oakley, kind of around the top mm-hmm. of the key. Um, and he, I have in my notes, he kind of tries to do something. I'm not really <laughs> sure what, um, but it fails. Uh, needless to say, it's, it fails. Uh, the ball is knocked away, and uh, if my math is correct, that is the ninth turnover Incredible. of the, not the game, of the fourth quarter um, by the Knicks. And somehow, uh,
1: somehow on the other end, Derek Harper strips yeah. Vern Fleming in transition. Knocked away,
0: and here comes Fleming, putting the move on Harper. Harper stripped him. Derek Harper with the strip. Half better remaining, and again, Harper tries to slow it down. Just
3: a wild finish. Derek Harper just continues to fuck up uh, the the story here. Yeah. Um, I, like he like literally, if it weren't for him, the Knicks would have lost this game by like ten points. Right. Um, it feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah. He makes an incredibly clutch defensive play. Uh, Vern Fleming driving driving in uh, d- down on tra- in transition. Kind of does like a euro step, almost kind of a swim move around Harper, yeah. and as he's bringing it up, Harper strips it from him. Right um just a great play uh, by by Derek um and then weirdly so this is still a three point game there's about 30 seconds left now still um, Derek Harper
1: and, being Derek Harper of course
3: oh yeah foul uh, well, so Ver, yeah Vern Fleming get, gives an intentional foul um which much like at the end of what was it game four I think when Ewing gave an intentional foul with like 30 seconds left yeah, and he didn't need to exactly um it was an, a totally unnecessary intentional foul because there's still. You know, uh, 30 seconds to go, one possession game. But anyway, uh, Fleming uh, fouls Harper. Harper goes to the line. And misses his first free throw. Okay. Um, and now, did you catch the, yep. uh, the, the arena
1: sound effect? Demonic <laughs> laughter. A, a scalp. A scalp. A scalp special, folks.
2: Special. <laughs> oh, my uh, God.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Mother Scalf, uh, for this beautiful gift. Derek Harper misses the free throw and we get the Muttley Dog Wheeze laugh. Oh, just uh, Chef's kiss, um, the most wonderful timing. I mean really just like master class stuff here from mm. Jeff Scalf. Mm. Like I don't think I think he like was like saving that one, like in his in his back pocket, because I don't think I'd heard that uh, at, at any point prior in, in this game. Um, it was almost like he was saving it for, like, the perfect, perfect moment. Three-point game, under uh, 30 seconds to go now. Um, and uh, and Harper misses, uh, which what what would have been, like, the sort of, like, game icing free throw. And we get the mutley wheeze. Um, really just the blasted, twisted hellscape nightmare mind prison that I deserve, um, uh, that I have built for myself. Um... Thanks to uh, thanks to this podcast and your help, Chris. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm feeling really just wonderful, fantastic.
1: So Harper makes the second free throw, and it is now yeah. a ninety-five to ninety-one Nick advantage, twenty seconds left.
0: It's over, the limit. Do not want a foul. Fleming from Miller. Are looking for a four-point play possibility. Fleming for three. Rebound knocked away from Smiths. Final seconds of the fourth quarter. Mason came up with it, and he drew the foul. And the Knicks will be very fortunate to get off the hook here at Indianapolis. And this series is headed back to Madison Square Garden. In New York, Derek McKee.
1: Vern Fleming forces a bad three, and oh my Mm -hmm. God, the Knicks are going to win. It's going to happen. They have survived. We're going back to New York City, folks, for a game set. Doesn't
3: make any sense. Does not make any sense. And then I just write in my
1: notes, please sit down, Spike Lee. Oh my God, please sit down. Oh (laughs) God. The cameras pan pan past a celebrating Spike Lee. And it's just like, Yeah, that's everything that, like, you are the reason why we got in this dilemma to begin with.
3: (laughs) The final shot of the game is Spike just wildly animatedly high-fiving with John Starks as if he just won the championship. And, yeah, it's just like, dude, like, this is not a time to celebrate. This is not, you know, like, you, A, like you shouldn't be celebrating like that regardless because, you know, you're not a member of the team. um, You know, technically. Um, B, like, you just got out of here, like, you just got so fucking lucky. Like, you literally just got, like, an extra life um, when you didn't deserve one. Um, And you're celebrating, like, you just won a championship. Um, it, It honestly, like, bummed me out. And it bummed me out, like... I don't know how I felt about this as a kid. I think probably as a kid I watched this and I was just so excited to see my team win that I was like, hell yeah, that's our that's our team, right. New York City, yeah, yeah. And like I was probably like kind of feeling the same energy that Spike was feeling. And seeing him celebrating like that probably made me feel good. It made me feel like badass and cool and and happy. Um and I think seeing it now, it's like I don't know. It's hard to describe exactly, but yeah. it really bummed me out on a deep level. It kind of felt a little bit like a loss of innocence. Um, like it kind of made me feel like, wow, how far uh, I've, I've 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 like ch- sort of changed. How far the world has changed since nineteen ninety four. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, yeah, man. I, I
1: mean, I'll put it in very us terms. Like I feel like. Uh, we didn't realize it at the time but in wwf terms spike lee was a heel spike lee
3: was as much mm-hmm. a heel
1: as reggie miller was a heel
3: yeah and it was very subtle because yeah i, I think it, it's like sort of too subtle and too um too nuanced for me to have like kind of figured out as an as a 11 year old at the time um but yeah, he really, really wasn't like on our side. He, no, he, like, was, outwardly he was, but yeah,
1: no, he but, was like, the deep guy, down. Like he's he was the guy. It's like when he's all
3: he's all part of like the same evil like infrastructure. Like yeah, uh, of 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 Scalf of Larry Brown yes. of Reggie Miller of yes. Michael Jordan. Like he's part of the kind of like you know like I don't know fabric.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah
3: like he is the guy when you play pickup basketball that is
1: super annoying and he's like he's on your team, he's your teammate, but like he will one thousand percent get you or one of your teammates beaten up because all he does is trash talk and he's like the oh worst yeah. player on the team like he cannot hit a shot and all he mm-hmm. does is talk junk and it's like mm-hmm. you are literally gonna get us like beaten up or someone's going to like take a really hard foul because you're being an asshole. So like you are not good enough to be doing this. So you have to shut up.
3: Yeah. But he's way, way, way too self-absorbed and self-centered to realize that. Yeah. Certainly would never like take.
1: It's like, yeah.
3: Yeah. No, it is. It's extremely childish Childish. behavior. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, somehow final score next win 98 91 yep and uh we're going back to New York for game seven uh, I almost wish I we didn't have to but yeah but no yeah. I definitely I wish mean, we didn't
1: have to uh but it's what's <laughs> happening uh um, yeah
3: I mean listen you gotta hand it to John Starks uh the guy shot eight of 11 from the field for 26 yeah. points five of six from downtown also, just huge defense on Reggie Miller. We didn't mention, but on that last play where uh, where Vern Fleming uh, throws a, a, a bad three, the reason why Vern Fleming had that final shot right. was because Starks deed up Miller so tightly, just even up. though Miller had just come off a screen, and Starks was just in his jersey and forced him to, uh, to pass it back to Fleming, who uh, basically had no time left on the clock and had to force up a three. Um, but yeah, Starks had an awesome game. It was really like, uh, it felt like a turning point for him in the playoffs. Um, you know, we'd mentioned how he had kind of come alive in game five, but was just totally overshadowed by Miller. Um, but like basically two games in a row now he had, uh, he had put together like a pretty strong offensive performance. It was like his, his legs were finally back under him. He was, his, his jump shot was falling. So that was a, that was a good sign. Um, but yeah, really nothing, nothing much more positive to take from this one. Talk to me about game uh, seven and how you're feeling.
1: I, I, I think I know where you're at, but like, maybe we could just talk it out a little bit more. Like, I know I'm like, I'm not really excited for this. <laughs> no, like I should no, be really, these f- games like, I, I, I will tell you like the stress of these losses and even the games we win, like yeah. the stress is so much more intense than the joy of victory.
3: Yeah, that's the thing, is that this game was not enjoyable. This was a, a you know, closely fought uh, Knicks, you know... If anything, dude, uh, down like the the wire. Loss, the Knicks, losses feel so victory. much
1: better than the wins. <laughs> 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 the losses yeah. at least
3: feel satisfying, you know? Well, they feel more, like, um, I don't know, like, the, yeah, the losses feel... Like, if you're going to lose a basketball game, you want to lose them in the way the Knicks lost... Because you want there to be like sort of order and logic in the universe. Um, So when the Knicks would play the way they played and lose, you were like, yes, thank you. That is what should have happened. Um, Like that's the proper sequence of events. Like that is a crime being committed. And then the punishment for that crime is losing the basketball game. When the Knicks would play that way and then win, you were like, Ah, that didn't that didn't feel this right. This feels that uneasy. Something yeah. <laughs> is wrong about this. Like I'm not. I can't quite put my finger on it, but like something has kind of like uh, like knocked me off uh, off the course of like 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 the train tracks of reality. Um, and it did not. It was very unsettling, very disorienting, um, and kind of destabilizing. I would say, yeah. like em- emotionally, f- sort of psychically destabilizing. Um. Uh, and you were just like, yeah, I don't, I don't like this feeling.
1: Well, we're going back home to Madison Square Garden for a Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, Ben, in 1994. And I got to tell you, like, I don't. I mean, look. By by the time tip off happens, I know I'll be excited and hopeful and stuff. But right now, like, I I I can't really bring myself to feel. <laughs> Like optimism, yet like I can't allow. Oh, no. I can't allow myself to even entertain thoughts of like being in the NBA finals.
3: At, no, 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 at, no. Optimism, confidence—these are not in our vocabulary at this point. After the six games that we've just gone through, Chris, I really do feel like a like a changed person. Like I don't so feel do I. like I. <laughs> I'm if you not... put a
1: gun to my head and you're like, "Are the Knicks going <laughs> to win or lose this game here, Game seven, I would say lose. I, I would say like I. <laughs> feel like the like the karma the 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 magic in the air feels like we are like destiny seems to want to disappoint us and I just feel like yeah. I just hope I just hope it's quick and it's swift <laughs> like I, just I would hope this, I would be I saying... hope this game seven is the last of it is what I hope
3: yeah if there were a gun to my head i would i would be saying the Knicks will lose and i would also be the person putting the gun to my own head <laughs> oh,
1: God, yeah i am right there with you man yeah yeah, yeah. all right man well on that insane note um <laughs> get some rest we have a game seven that we have to <laughs> suffer through Gotta get ready for game seven,
3: Chris. I'm going to go start uh, preparing. Uh, So get some rest, man. Start doing some some sprints in the backyard.
1: Exactly. This has been fun as always, and uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit.
3: Yes, very fun, very good. Talk soon.
1: Later, All right, that was a fun one. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at Line underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Email us any of your thoughts or questions to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, Podcast. Com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show in Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Uh, continue to stay safe. Continue to socially distance. Uh, hope you and your family are well, and we'll talk to you next week.